are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Welcome to Informative Conversations Podcast. My guest today is Tyra Grove. Tyra is a young Chicago actress, filmmaker, and multimedia artist. She started her career in dance before being forced to shift her focus to acting due to chronic pain and physical limitations. I asked Tyra to be my guest today because I am just encouraged and inspired by her story. And I know that it will do the same for you. Welcome, Tyra. Hi. (laughs) Hi, it's good to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So Tyra, tell my listeners a little about yourself in one minute or less. So I started dancing when I was about four and Mm. I have been doing arts related things ever since. I went to an arts high school and then Mm. I went to UNCSA, an acting conservatory for my senior year. And Mm. after that, I went to school to get my BFA in acting. And so during that time, I really honed in on my acting practice and I love doing theater. I love film. And I, I want to do television as well in the future. Mm-hmm. But I also want to do filmmaking. So, Tyra, t- tell my listeners what happened to you. You had an illness to recur- occur. Tell them what age you were when the illness occurred. And give us a little about the difficulties of your journey, such as Uh, Just tell us a little, give us some information about the difficulties of your journey. Well, I've had pain for a very, very long time. I think the first time I saw my symptoms like pop up, I was about 12 and I was deeply Mm. involved in dance. Mm. And one day I, I woke up and my knees were just in excruciating pain. And Mm. I I didn't know why my mom and I were trying to trace it back to something. And we couldn't think of anything. Like, honestly, we were, we were like, just, we were saying that it was this, but Mm. honestly, that wouldn't have caused Mm. the amount of pain that I was in. Right. And so uh, we kind of wrote it off and, and tried to, you know, just treat my knees for what they were and what was happening. Mm. Um, like I, I, I couldn't even go to school for mm. about two days. I just stayed mm. home and I was using this office chair to get around the house because <laughs> oh, I wow. couldn't walk around. Wow. Um, and about a week later, I was like back to being able to do what wow. I was doing and dancing and just, mm. you know, being a kid. But I had this small amount of pain 
and my knees. Mm-hmm. Like that just mm-hmm. kept coming back. Mm-hmm. And I had pain in my ankles during dance. Mm-hmm. And I always had this consistent back pain in my mid back, mm-hmm. like for as long as I can remember. I mean, like even as a kid, I would get my friends to walk on my back. And that's always been a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that continued and I would just manage and, and do what I could um, while dancing. But I think it was about my senior year when it started to like hit a peak. Mm. And I started having to, well, I, I shifted out of dance far sooner because my dance teacher was like, I don't think that you will be able to do this as a career. So mm. that's when I shifted my focus to acting and not out of, mm. not because I, didn't want to dance or that I thought acting was like a second choice. I I fell in love with acting completely. Oh, great. Um, and so that became my focus. And in my first year of college, I went to a school in New Jersey and it was, it had so many steps and so many hills. Oh, wow. And I was also working out a lot and I was in a show um, that required a lot of like, like kickovers and like mm-hmm. little acrobatic moves and dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just started having ex- like the most pain I have ever had in my life up until that point. Mm. And I called my mom crying. Cause I would just like, I would be like taking steps and just like sobbing because it mm. hurt so mm. much and oh, wow. i called my mom and i was i was begging her because we've always um struggled to be able to afford how much medical attention i needed right um so i called her begging to you know go through the process of figuring out why I'm in this much pain. Like I know Mm. that I've continuously had pain, but I Mm. think something is wrong with me and I need like a lot of medical attention. So Um, so let me, let me ask you a question. So at this point, what type of things were you taking? I mean, like, were you doing Tylenol or Tylenol? Tylenol. And did it give you any kind of relief? Some a slight like um let's say this if my pain was a nine i take tylenol it becomes an eight. Oh, oh okay did you have any support there um at that time not necessarily i had i had my mom my mom's a doctor of physical therapy so right. i had her by phone um hmm. And I mean, that was, that was about it. And I had, you know, braces, ice, Um, just like stuff like um, that as far as support, but I didn't really have any other support other than that. Okay. All right. Okay. So continue you. So you asked her to figure out a way for you to be able to. Oh yeah. Just to help me find a doctor Mm -hmm. and um, physical therapy clinic that I could Mm -hmm. go to. Mm-hmm. And so she found, she found where I could go to the doctor um, in New York, and I went to the hospital of special surgery, and I 
finally found out that I had two partially torn ACLs. Um, So both of my ACLs were torn at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that was part of why I was in so much pain. Um, Mm -hmm. But when I got that, when I got that MRI to figure out that, that I had two torn ACLs, my doctor was like, the fact that this happened and it was so symmetrical, there's something deeper going on with you. Mm. Um, And the fact that you've had chronic pain for years now, Mm -hmm. there's something else going on. Um, Mm. And so up until that point, I had been misdiagnosed with other things, but this would begin like just an array of misdiagnoses. And I went to a physical therapist and the first one I went to, he was, saying that I had tendonitis or I had like mm. just or just random things, just kind of like mm. throwing things in the air. Um, and he he honestly was making my pain worse with the treatments we were doing. And, you know, I went to two other physical therapists and honestly, they just got frustrated with me because I wasn't getting better. Um, and so they mm. thought that I wasn't doing my program, but I was doing my program, but I just wasn't being treated for the right thing. And then finally I went to this woman who was just so attentive and she didn't know my actual diagnosis, but the way mm-hmm. she treated me, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just very detailed in like making sure that she was like, we need to strengthen your toes. We need to strengthen your ankles. We need to strengthen Mm. like your calf muscles. We need to strengthen their quads. We have to rub out your IT band. Like we have to be so specific with you. Like she was focusing on how I was like taking a step on the stairs, Um, Mm. like how to do that. And like, if I would wobble a little bit, so now we need to address that. So working with her allowed me to build strength um, again. Okay. I want to. I want to say something. Was she a holistic um, doctor? No, she was a no. physical therapist. She was a physical therapist. Oh, okay. Well, then let's go back to the first one you went to, and they were saying it was tendonitis and this mm-hmm. and that. Were they giving you medications at that time for the diagnosis that they were saying? Mm-hmm. My my doctor, when I got diagnosed with the bilateral ACL ACL mm-hmm. tears, she prescribed a medication um, for me. Mm-hmm. just to treat the the inflammation that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was on that medication. So that did help to reduce my pain, but I still did have a lot of pain. Um, okay. But I was able to walk more and I had two ACL braces that I had oh, to wear wow. all the time. Um, and you were still going to class for acting with yes. all these? And I was wow. like commuting all the way to New York for the doctor and for physical therapy and to get my braces. And then I was also in a show. So were you able to drive at this time? I I didn't have a car. I was taking, I was taking public transportation. So you were having to walk. Mm -hmm. uh, Okay. Now it sounds because you said you were in New York, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So that those are colder climates. Did but, but back then you didn't know what your diagnosis was, so you don't know that the you didn't know that the climate was contributing to it. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're okay then. We'll go back to. But that. the the thing is, I did know that cold 
ice was great for me. Like icing my knees was good. But I uh-huh. knew like if I went to the grocery store and I mm-hmm. went into like the frozen section and I opened right. the, yes. the door to yes. the frozen section, yes. my pain would shoot up. And I yes. was not understanding why that happened. And I would yes. tell my mom about it. She was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. But it always would happen to me. And I was mm-hmm. so confused about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now let's go back to when you were saying that you had one to focus and she was focusing on your toes and and mm-hmm. how you walked and your stature. And did she give you any prescriptions? No. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. And and that began to help you? Yeah, she did. She did help me a lot. And then um I I stopped with her and I completed my school year and then I went back to North Carolina. And there I started with another guy for physical therapy in North Carolina. And we worked together for about three months and I was preparing to transfer to DePaul um, Mm -hmm. for my BFA in acting. Mm -hmm. And so he got me a lot stronger. Like he just focused Mm -hmm. on a lot of like harder um, weight bearing exercises and trying to get me to jump and run. Um, and, but that was after I'd worked with this woman, like very meticulously. So I, because of her, I was able to work with him and do that stuff with him. And so. But what was your diagnosis at this time? I didn't have one. Pain. No, uh, they, didn't, okay. they didn't know. They knew oh. that I had um, bilateral ACL tears, but nothing other than that. Well, was um, this doctor considered like a pain specialist? He was just a physical therapist. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Um, and then that's when I went to DePaul and I started my, my journey at DePaul and, you know, completing classes and stuff. And we had a very rigorous schedule like from 8 a.m. to about 10 30 11 p.m. and doing a lot of physical activity which I loved I loved it so much Mm. and I would just modify I would ice maybe three times a day have my ice packs Mm. in class and we had a freezer downstairs so I would do that and I would run back and forth between classes Mm. and have like my different like ointments and Mm. you know taking Tylenol to manage and it, I didn't have a major flare up until my first Chicago winter when I mm. got stuck outside mm. and I had a major, major, major flare up. It was mm. so, so, so bad. Mm. Um, and from that point, it started to go downhill for me. And I continued taking this medication that I was prescribed. Um, at this point, it was about two years now. Mm. And I started having a lot of symptoms, um, like I was throwing up. Like I just had this mm. one day when I started just vomiting everything, mm. and I couldn't wow. eat, and I had this burning pit in my stomach. Mm. And I remember leaving the like dining hall, the college dining hall after I ate and I was going to class and I just started like throwing up everywhere, like walking mm. down the street. And it was so embarrassing. All the like kids 
like in school were like walking past me and I'm just like throwing up by myself and I was trying to run back to my house. And finally I stopped by the campus um, medical center and the doctor that I saw, I was throwing up in the, in the lobby. Like they kept switching out bags for me. And I remember I went in to see him and he totally disregarded me. He said, okay, well, if you come back in three days and you're still doing that, maybe we'll see if something's going on. But, wow. Wow. and so I just went back home and I was like, wow, I don't, I don't know why I'm throwing up like this, but something is deeply wrong with me. I can't even keep food down. Every time I eat something, I throw up and my mm. stomach burns mm. so bad. Mm. Um, and so I you went. Were, you were still able to move. So your major flare up was affecting your, 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 your stomach and so forth, but it, it wasn't affecting your joints for you. Moving. It was affecting my joints, but I was just moving through the pain. Okay. Yeah. I was in a lot of pain physically, but I was just moving through it. Um, And so I went to an urgent care and they were like, you need to go to the emergency room. And then and then I found out that I had a stomach bleed and um, and it was because of the medication that I was taking. And so we had to take me off of that medication and switch it to a different one that was Mm. not as harsh Mm. and that shift I don't think I've ever recovered from it um after that my pain increased so 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 much um and I was trying to continue my school year I couldn't walk to school anymore I couldn't Mm. walk to get food anymore I couldn't Mm. make it through the grocery store Mm. I was taking Ubers everywhere. Like I couldn't, I couldn't walk two blocks. I, I, mm. I just could not. Um, mm. I was kind of confined to my house. And mm. when we would finish class at school, I could barely walk to the bathroom. Like I would, I remember mm. I would walk to the bathroom and I would just like get there and cry and then suck it mm. up and then go back to class. And mm. I would like have to pack my bag like every single thing that I could possibly need in my bag for the day Mm -hmm. so that I could limit my walking and I could just stay in one place as much as possible. And you would Um, have to carry that hairy bag in pain. So I started carrying a suitcase and I had Mm -hmm. a rolling bag and people would make Um, fun of me mm -hmm. (laughs) because I was just like 19 um, and 20, you know, like carrying this big oh, wow. bag and everyone's like, what are you doing? You look so crazy. And I was mm. limping and it was just, oh my gosh. Mm. And then, and then I, my ability to walk just, it just got harder and harder for me. And so then mm. I needed a cane and I was using a cane. Mm. And before that I started having pain in my hands. Um, mm. but my mom, you know, she was like, maybe it's just because you're, you know, you're using your hands to support you more and mm. doing this, doing that, doing this and that. But I, the pain I was feeling in my wrist and my, into my hands was, I don't know, it was really intense. Um, mm. But it, it didn't, it didn't hit, you know, the same heights of pain that was in my knees. Mm. And so, you know, I started using cane. And then after that, I had to start using a walker and that was so embarrassing. Mm. Um for me, you know, at mm-hmm. that point. Right. At 19, I'm sure it was. Yes. Yeah. It, 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 it so really you used was. the walker to go to school. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. through all of this, you still 
determined that you were going to go to school. Yeah. And I was like working three jobs at the same time. And that was just crazy. I had to quit this. I was, I was a waitress and I had to eventually quit that because I physically couldn't do it. I would like serve a table and then go in the corner and sit down. And they had this whole policy, like you can never be sitting. And so I would go in the bathroom and sit (laughs) until I had to serve another table. Uh I was, I was still a good waitress. I was still really good. I was just in so much pain. Um, And so I, I had to quit that job. And then I just had, you know, I, I had to shift to jobs that were like allowing me to sit. Mm -hmm. Um, But like losing that, that income was, you know, hard, but mm-hmm. I had to do what I had to do. Um, and so, yeah, at that point, at that point, I, I was kind of stuck in my house and I could only do the minimum. Um, and then that's when the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and I went back to North Carolina and we were still searching for some diagnosis during this during this time like that I was speaking of, too. I was going to a doctor as well, and he was trying to figure out what was going on with me and he couldn't figure it out at all. And then so he basically just disappeared on me. He stopped taking my phone calls. Wow. He told his front office to stop taking my phone calls. Um, wow. And I couldn't get into contact with him. And he was just like there's nothing I can do for you. I don't think there's anything anyone can do for you. Wow. Um, and so oh, it's terrible. Yeah. And I went to a pain specialist and I had a procedure done and that increased my pain even more. Wow. Um, and so when I went to North Carolina, I got misdiagnosed again and after that, I well, let know. me ask something. So you're you're back, you're back. The pandemic has hit, and you're back home. And you're what about twenty twenty now? Um, yes, twenty one. Twenty one, and you're in my third uh, year of college. Third year of college, and but the but but the pandemic hit. You were allowed to go home, though, right? During that time, yes. you had to go home, right? Right. Yes. So that that worked out for you. It worked um, out for me. Yes, it did. Yes, and, and so you were. I just want to. I, I don't want you to lose that thought. What you were gonna say, but I want to ask you: How were you mentally at this time? I mean, because I'm surprised that it's been three years of school mm-hmm. and you struggling and doing all this. So, how were you mentally? Um, I don't know. I, I think it was partially survival mode and, Mm. and also just an acceptance of what is happening and just taking it one moment at a time. Mm. Um, a lot of prayer, a lot of meditation, mm. but mainly just knowing at this moment right now, my knees are hurting me and I can't walk to the bathroom. 
So I'm going to wow. sit here and I'm going to ice my knees. And by the time I finish icing my knees, I'll be able to go to the bathroom. You know wow. what I mean? So it was, wow. I was just taking one moment at a time because I think it was too much to really zoom out and mm-hmm. kind of grapple with the situation that I was in mm-hmm. because I was still, I was still in school at the same time mm-hmm. we were, we were doing everything on zoom mm-hmm. and I was honestly bedridden. Like I, I, my mom mm-hmm. was pulling me off the floor, putting me onto my walker and rolling me into the bathroom and like, wow. you know, helping me get into the shower and like, pulling me out of the shower and mm. I yeah I <laughs> wow I wow. could barely do anything and mm. yeah and my hands they started to get um the pain really increased with my hands as well so I was getting to the point where I really couldn't like type as much and I couldn't mm. like I I paint and draw too. So like I, I couldn't do that. And that was, that was what was saving me because I started doing that a lot because I couldn't, I couldn't dance and I couldn't walk and run and, and work out as much as I used to. So I started drawing a lot and painting. Um, and then I got to the point where I couldn't do that with my hands. And so I was taking it one moment at a time, treating one thing at a time as much as I could. And my mom was, she was trying to treat me daily and keep up with her schedule and supporting me by herself. Mm. Um, so yeah. it was, it was tough. And then mm, my mom, you know, gave me a program and I was honestly very diligent about implementing any and every program that I've had. Um, mm-hmm. And so you mean programs for healing, right? A, a yes, healing yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. exercise programs, mm-hmm. um, treatment programs as far as ice, heat, ointments, um, mm-hmm. stretching, mm-hmm. Um, you know, like any anything, I, okay. anything. So mm-hmm. I would spend my whole days doing my treatment programs and then my exercise routine and then, mm-hmm. you know, going to school. And then I was like, in a show on zoom as well. So, and then like balancing my online remote jobs. So I want to go back to you're in North Carolina, you're 21 and you're, mm-hmm. um, you've been mixed diagnosed again. Mm-hmm. And so when did you, when did somebody finally say, uh, uh, because by this time you are dealing with the pain specialist. So mm-hmm. when did somebody finally figure out what was going on when did you go to the right doctor um so after that happened I went to another doctor and he I remember I told him that I had arthritis in my knees and I I knew that and but we said it was osteoarthritis and mm-hmm. he was like, that, no, you don't. There's no way you do. You're so young. No, you don't. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and he, you know, I got MRIs and he was like, you don't have arthritis. You don't have that. Like it's something mm-hmm. systemic. Like there's a medical mystery happening with you. You're going to have to mm-hmm. go to Duke to figure out what's wrong with mm-hmm. you. Like, I don't know what it is. And you don't have arthritis in your hands either. I don't know what's going on with your wrists. 
Mm -hmm. And they did, I I think I got an ultrasound done and there was like, there was so much inflammation in my hands and in my wrist. But, oh my gosh, he just, he really gaslit me um, so severely. It was insane. Um, And then, but he was the first person to say that it was something systemic. Um, which I started to, I started to think myself before I went to him, but I, I had no idea what it was. Right. Um, and so then I went back to my primary care doctor and told her again. And I was just like, can we run the tests again? Cause she tried to, she ran so many tests on me to try to figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. And I think my rheumatoid factor came back negative when she did it the first time. And Mm -hmm. we just talked about trying to do it again. And then she referred Mm -hmm. me to a rheumatologist. And Mm -hmm. then I I went to a rheumatologist and I finally got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And that Mm -hmm. was in the, it was in the summer of 2021. And by this Mm -hmm. point I was already back in, back in Chicago and I, and I graduated mm. from DePaul. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And so. So you went four years of misdiagnosing. Ab- yes, of, of, absolutely. With being, you went four years of being misdiagnosed. Yes. Wow. Yes, wow. I did. And yeah. so I, I want to ask you something, because I heard you say, one of the things you did, you know, you was, you just prayed and you took one step at a time. Mm-hmm. But you were so young. So, um, and I know that you were raised in the household of faith. Um, how did that affect your relationship with God when you were going through that? Did, did, did it help you and make you stronger? Or did you ever feel like, God, why me? Or were you ever disappointed in God? Or did you ever blame God? I think it did make my relationship with God stronger because Mm. I was forced to be in solitude a lot. Um, Mm. And I was forced to deal with my emotions in a different way. Um, Mm. And I mean, deal with my emotions at all. Like I, I had, like I was just sitting, sitting. I mean, (laughs) there was nothing Mm. I could do. Um, I don't think I ever blamed God. I mean, blame God mm. for what? Mm. I, you know, I, I think I, I question a lot or I wonder a lot why. Mm-hmm. But mm. I don't think it's in a way of like something like God did something mean or bad to me. I don't, I don't think that that's true. I think we all Mm. have our, Mm. we all have something that we're carrying. Mm. Um, Mm. And I think that this particular set of circumstances for me is just the set of circumstances that is going to inform my journey and how I, Mm you know, impact and give back to the world. Mm. I think that God does everything for a reason. Mm. I, I am in excruciating pain every day and it Mm. is very, very hard. Mm. And that is true. But I also Mm. think that 
I've been able to learn a lot from having mm-hmm. this disease and having like this set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. I I do question why, like, I do wonder why, <laughs> though. I do, I do. I do feel like, you know, if I didn't have chronic pain, there's so many other things that I would have been able to accomplish. I would have been so much further in my career. And mm-hmm. it just makes everything in my life 20 times harder. And I don't mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. why. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it's for us to always understand everything mm-hmm. while we're going through a journey. I think we find major understanding when we look back on something. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't bother myself with trying to make sense of things in the moment all the time. You know, I just rather be diligent and do what I need to do in the moment. And then when I look back on it, it'll all make sense in the end. Mm. You know, I, um, you you know I too have um, was diagnosed with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. and um, so I, I understand what you're saying about those uh, experiences and how it takes you longer to do things. Everything, yeah, everything, right? Um, <laughs> but you were fine. You you were finally able to try some different medications because mm-hmm. since you were probably diagnosed, yes, um, and so that's a good thing. Um, but one of the things that was so inspiring about you to me is that you turned this into a positive experience and you're currently writing a documentary Mm -hmm. and I want you to tell my listeners what that documentary is about. So after I got diagnosed, I was placed on a medication and that medication caused me to have about 23 seizures Mm. Um, in a very short period of time. Mm. And I, at this point I had graduated from college and I was working as much as possible and I was just getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And I was in a pain that was just unlivable. Um, Mm. and so I had these seizures and I got hospitalized and, Mm the amount of debt that I was in and the amount of financial burden that I had, I, I, it was just ridiculous. Like I, there was no way to do anything. Um, Mm. and so my friend, one of my best friends, um, her name is Abigail and Mm. she started a GoFundMe for me, Mm. um, because she saw me, I, I had a boyfriend at the time and he Mm. witnessed, a, a chunk of my seizures. I started mm-hmm. seizing when I was with him and then he had to go to work and go to school. And so he had to leave me with someone and mm-hmm. um, Abigail came to watch me and mm-hmm. she saw mm-hmm. just like how weak I was. I like mm-hmm. couldn't even like lift my hands above my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she didn't tell me because I always try to figure things out <laughs> by myself mm-hmm. without getting help from people. And so she started this GoFundMe and her partner, um, Nick, he saw this and he made a, we made a video about it to help with the fundraising. And he really was just like, you know, this is a, this is a documentary, like this is a story, like this is a bigger story. And the seizures were caused by the medication Mm. um, that I started taking. 
And we, you know, embarked on this journey and to really start documenting my story and, you know, trying to (laughs) just go back and, you know, trace back the history of like all the things that have happened. Mm -hmm. And also, especially the fact that I'm so young and Mm -hmm. have my diagnosis and all of the, you know, the encounters with doctors and the amount of times that I have been gaslit Mm -hmm. by, by doctors, Mm -hmm. I've been disregarded. Mm -hmm. I've been ghosted. I've been pushed out. Mm -hmm. I have been belittled. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, especially being a black woman trying to receive Mm -hmm. medical care, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's Mm -hmm. so layered and being young, trying to receive medical care Mm -hmm. and the way you can get discarded as a young person and be Mm -hmm. written off as healthy. When I'm telling you Mm -hmm. that I have excruciating pain and I can't Mm -hmm. do anything. And then you're telling me that nothing is wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also the fact that I am in the arts and as Mm -hmm. artists, I feel that, you know, we're, we're told you are good and you are wonderful and you have so much to offer. And then when you get injured, you mm-hmm. no longer have that thing to offer. Um, um, and so it was so important to me that this story really makes it clear that despite your physical limitations, despite any limitations or accommodations that you may need, you are a human and you have so much to offer in any space that you enter into. And so I want my story to really inspire that through this documentary that Mm. people have to approach every single person with empathy and Mm. grace and also respect, just, Mm. just respect. I think that Mm. people view people with disabilities and write them off. They think that Mm. they don't have the same things to give in any given space. And that's just Mm. not the case. Mm. So, do you think there's there are not enough positions in the arts for people with disabilities? I think that there are enough positions. I don't think that there are proper accommodations. I don't mm. think that there's proper thought given um, mm. when people facilitate spaces. I don't think that the thought is given when people make spaces, build spaces. Mm. We live in an able-bodied society, so that's how right. people, right. you know build everything you know you start building a building and you don't think of someone who can't just navigate you know Mm -hmm. 17 stairs up to every Uh single room you know Mm -hmm. yeah I'm trying to through this documentary allow people to see through those blind spots that they may have and really start to open their eyes to the many different things that could be neutralized if you were far more mindful and empathetic um, when creating and building spaces and facilitating spaces with mm-hmm. differently abled people. Yeah, I think it's very admirable that you, in spite of everything you've gone through and being so young and that you did finish school and how you're turning, how you're using um, your disability for good, you know, And you being a voice for those with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, But you finally were able to get some kind of relief, uh, a a little relief. Uh, Like you said, you still have pain every day, but you were finally able to get enough relief. And so something good is going on in your life right now. 
And so I want you to tell my listeners about it. Oh, I I got an understudy role for a show. Mm, mm. <laughs> and tell us tell us more about the show. And and in this show, you're actually dancing. Um, <laughs> the show is called Panther Women, and I'm doing it with Perception Theater um, in Chicago. And there are, I believe, four dances and. When I learned these dances, it was the first time I had danced since, oh my gosh, um, let me think, maybe 2018. Mm. Um, mm. And like learned to dance in a space, I was, I was terrified, terrified. Mm. Um, and I mean, I still am in a lot, a lot of pain. I am nowhere near, like I, ha- I haven't gotten into remission yet. I'm still managing and um, struggling a lot. But I, you know, have been able to do the rehearsals and manage enough to get through the dance rehearsals and learn the dances and, you know, learning this play and beautiful, beautiful beautifully written play and mm. um you know working through that as an understudy it's it's so much work and so i i feel like i'm able to get back into my acting career mm. which i was so terrified was over um mm. but this show is is revealing to me that it's it's not over and mm. it's only the beginning of my career mm. and yeah, really, 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 really exciting thing. I'm really blessed and happy about it. So you still have to do like patches and uh, take your other medications. Do you have to ice in between? Um, I probably ice three times a day. I have mm-hmm. to do my hot packs. Um mm-hmm. I have to, like, honestly, I could barely walk until after I take a really hot, long shower. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to manage, you know, taking steroids mm. and stuff in order to, you know, get me at a functioning level. Um, mm. And 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 the problem is that, you know, I have to struggle with, you know, taking certain med- medications kind of starts me to have stomach bleed symptoms again right, and like right, really sick and just mm-hmm. it makes me really sick honestly mm-hmm. um and so yeah it's it's on it's really really hard i am mm-hmm. still in the thick of it i'm in no way out of the woods mm-hmm. but you you are determined yes and you do continue to do hard things and you I thank God for you because like I said you're an inspiration to keep going in and you trust it mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm glad about that and I'm sure that there are many listeners that could use this inspiration and, and you know to keep going mm-hmm. um, no matter what um, there is hope and there is a solution. So, Tyra, if someone wants to reach out to you or they want to talk with you more about your documentary or they just may want to talk with you because they have someone in their life that are going through symptoms, the things that you're going through, 
could you share your contact information? First, tell us about the show. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to. So, yes, my Instagram at name is at three underscores VXCC. And you can message me on Instagram. You can also email me at Tyra, T-Y-R-A, Grove, G-R-O-V-E at hotmail.com. I would love to speak to anybody who just, you know, wants to talk, especially if you were struggling with anything. I would love to just we can just mm. talk about it. Um, mm. And my documentary is called My Name is Tyra. Mm. And it is My Name is Tyra Doc, D-O-C, mm. on Instagram. And that's where you can keep up with any of the things that we're doing. We're posting stills. We're posting behind the scenes information. Um, on any of our social media, it will be My Name is Tyra, D-O-C, My Name is Tyra Doc. Um, and you can find us using that at name. And you can also friend me on Facebook as well. And my name is Tyra Grove on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's it. That That's about it for mm-hmm. how to contact hey. me. So Tyra, I know you've already given quite a bit of inspiration, but if you could speak directly to someone that's, you know, having a hard time, and especially mm-hmm. as a young person, um, what would you what would be some encouraging words that you could say to them that everything you're learning at this point in your journey will be able to feel you and help you and strengthen you for the rest of your life mm. that you are extremely strong you are so special you are Mm. unique and you have so much to offer the world you have Mm. so much to offer the people around you Mm. and it's so Mm. important to check in with yourself and remind yourself of the things that you love about you Mm. and to protect your peace Mm. and I think the hardest thing that I had to do was to cut ties Mm. or to pause my relationships with people that caused me a lot of stress. Uh, Um, That's good. And I just want to say that you have the freedom to do that. Mm. And not just the freedom, but it may be required of you to do that. And, Mm. you know, you have, you have permission to do that. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's really good, especially coming from someone because now you're, you're just 25. Yes. And yes. recently 25, right? Recently, I just had a birthday. Right, right. <laughs> so, oh, that's very, very good. That's that's a, a good lesson to learn and you're learning it at such an early age. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, Tyra, thank you thank for you. being my guest today. Mm-hmm. 